every year we call it camp so we want to camp opal every single year if you think about the purpose of it it's about building connection those mm -hmm. connections will then help you you know in the next kind of six twelve months it's like build relationships build connections so yeah it's something that we're continuing to do Welcome to the Bragworthy Culture Podcast, where founders and business leaders talk about how they built a company culture that is so incredible, their employees brag about it. Our show aims to inspire you as you build a Bragworthy culture of your own. Culture building is philosophical and practical, and you'll find both discussed here. Grab a pen and a notebook. We're about to drop some knowledge. This episode is brought to you by Fringe, the number one employee lifestyle and fringe benefits platform. With Fringe, you can empower employees with lifestyle benefits that can be personalized to reduce stress, give back time, and spark joy. Fringe, benefits for life. Contact us and find out more at fringe.us. Here's your host, Cassandra Rose. Matt, thank you so much for joining me today and taking some time out. I really appreciate you coming on the Bragworthy Culture Podcast. Absolute pleasure. Lovely to be here. So tell me about yourself. In that, I want you to also tell me something that I couldn't be able to detect from your LinkedIn. Wow. Yes, I'm Matt Oxley. I am co-founder and president of a company called Opal. We sell marketing software to biggest brands in the world. Airbnb, Microsoft, NASA being a few. Little about me is, you can probably tell from my accent, I'm originally from London. I've lived in Portland 10 years. I have two amazing daughters. So I'm a girl dad, a very proud girl dad. I love Star Wars. Something you don't know about me, I was once in a boy band. I'm sorry, what? You got to go back into that. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was once in a boy band. The less said about that probably is the better. Okay, so I'm just going to tell all the audience members right now, go ahead, Google Matt Oxley, boy band, and send the results to me, <laughs> if you would, please. Awesome. So you are actually a co-founder at Opal in operation for 12 years. And tell me just about some of the big brands and milestones that you've achieved over this 12-year period. Yeah, so obviously with any startup and you know being a founder, it's been a, an incredible journey. And all the way from you know the ideation of the original idea, all the way through to raising capital, all the way through to building a team, all the way through to finding product market fit, all the way through to scaling and everything like that. So I think the funding that you get, I think, gives, I think as founders, that's probably your, your biggest milestone because they are huge kind of, you know, effort goes into it. And you actually kind of see the results and they get you on the next wave. So, you know, I think doing our A round and a B round, those are probably the most significant kind of milestones that I think we've seen as an organization. But as you rightly said, we take great pride in the customers that we work from and big brands coming on. So we also, those have been kind of like huge recognition points for us as well, because, you know, we have the privilege to work with the brands that we respect and that we love because, you know, the software that we provide is allows them to tell better stories in markets. So it's kind of create their narrative better and get through to their audiences in a better and more considered way. So, yeah, there's no really kind of one milestone. It, the way that I really think about it is this is a journey. This has been like an 11, 12 year journey and you, it's all chapters. Chapter one is like you're on the uptick and you're like, you're scrappy and you're like, all right, OK, what team do we need? And right, is this going to work? Can we sell? And then it's like, oh, shit, we can. Sorry if I don't, don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but oh, we can. <laughs> And then it's, 
all right, well, what team do we really need to kind of like build and evolve and scale that? So you know, through every chapter, you're learning changes and overs as a professional, but also you evolve as a business. I hope that answers the question. No, it definitely does. And I think that to anyone who may be listening, who is in that pre-series A funding yeah. or at A and just can't even imagine what it's like to go to B, what advice would you give them? Specifically from A to B, A to B is you're proving the scale of your product. That is truly why people will come in at the B round is like, right, okay, we think you've got product market fit. You're obviously kind of, you're selling software, but can you get to the next stage? So it really is, it's understanding the total addressable market, the opportunity, and really being able to, I think, depict that. And knowing what changes will be needed to get from, you know, scrappy startup to scaling enterprise organization that has different challenges. And the thing I'd say is no, no rule book for everybody, every kind of organization and team of founders is very different. But I think that is something to really consider is scale. Scale is fun, challenging, but you've got to make sure you've got the base metrics there with what you're doing, product market fit. Then it's like, right, where do we go from here and how do we execute on that? So I love what you said around scrappy to scaling, right? Because the basis is that you're still a startup yep. in both of those phases. How has your approach to your most important asset, your people, changed from I'm a co-founder, I hope this works, <laughs> to employee number one through 10 mm. and to the number of employees you have today? Yeah, I think it's a mentality change. And they're kind of like one to 10 are very, very scrappy years. Like everybody does everything, everybody's sweeping up, everybody's doing kind of you know, QA, you know, whatever it takes to kind of like get to the next stage. And then once you do get to that point, what you need to do is, and this is just my humble opinion, you need to bring in the subject matter experts. These are people that have done it before, seen the movie before, they know how it ends. And what they can bring in is their experience. And I think that is so important and needed when you're getting on that wave. Because what they're going to do is they're going to allow you to move quicker and easy towards the goal. Because they're like, look, go left, don't go right here. You know, I've seen this and I've seen how it happens. So that's kind of what we did is we really doubled down and understood, right, you've got to move from generalist mentality to specialist. And that's easy but hard to do because you don't lose the DNA of being scrappy. But what you've got to do is mm -hmm. you've got to kind of like make it okay for new you know, subject matter experts to come in and set the table and set the standard and set the objective. And that's kind of like a bit of a kind of a mesh. And I think you've got to have good DNA where everybody understands what you're doing and why you're doing it to get onto that kind of growth and scale model. But those are the things that I would say, you know, subject matter experts and it's allowing them the, and giving them the permissions to do exactly what you brought them in is to scale the organization and educate everybody around them. Because I think that is a very vital point as well. And we've seen throughout our history, a lot of scrappy generalists turn into specialists. And I think that is, that's mm. lovely to see because it's a, you know, you can see their deep kind of knowledge and wisdom coming through. Yeah. And I think it's a beautiful thing when someone can grow with the organization, like yeah. you said, move from that generalist utility player to someone who can have that deep level expertise. Yeah. And I know it can be rewarding as well. But there's a litany of benefits that you offer your employees at Opal from competitive market salaries to, you know, well-funded HSAs. Mm. 
an employee today, what would you think being a co-founder, the company is your baby, but a new employee coming into the organization today, what would they likely say is one of the best things about being an Opal employee? I would say we offer a huge amount of flexibility. And also what we give people is the permission to find their own personal balance. And what I'm talking about is post-COVID, and I won't go on about COVID because I think everybody's been through it, is we really kind of tapped into a new way of working and operating. That's really kind of set in the kind of sense of we employ great people. We employ great humans that we trust. And what we want to do is we want to give them the permission to actually create balance in their life. And what I mean is the worlds were merging between the personal, the professional, the the social lives. It was like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not unexpected to have a kid crying in the background or a dog leaping on your lap, right? That is normal commerce as we have it today. And what we wanted to do was we understood these merging of the worlds will happen and we wanted to give people the permission to create their balance. If you want to go to walk the dog, go to the gym, you know, whatever it takes for you to find that well-being and that balance, we want you to go and do it. It's not an ask. It's a permission. We know you're going to be a better person, better dad, better you know, husband, whatever it might be to do that. So we really were kind of like militant about giving people permission and ensuring that they were taking the time. The second thing that we did was we created open PTO. It was like, look, and we created minimums as well. It's like, we expect you to take two weeks minimum per year. And we're going to be on your case if you don't do that. So we created that. We then created something that we call First Fridays. And what we do is we give everybody in the organization the first Friday of the month off. And this is no questions asked, company-wide. So there's a rule, no meetings, no Slack messages, no emails. Because what we don't want anybody to do is somebody works and they send an email and a meeting invite or a Slack message. Suddenly you've got 25 people engaged where First Fridays is meant as a day of balance for you. Go and run errands, go and spend time with your mom, go and do what you need to do to get, again, that balance. Because we know that that balance is going to create better humans and therefore we hope that it's going to therefore create, you know, better professionals and, you know, the better performance for our business. So it was a subtle thing that we did. It was about, I think it was 18 months ago. And that is the one thing that I think people are very, they speak about very highly and they love it because it's Mm -hmm. a day that is therefore protected for them. And they know that they get it once a month. So it's something they can rely on. It's something that they can actually think about prior. So we didn't want to shock people like, hey, guess what? You got next Friday off. It's like, no, this is in your calendar so you can plan. So you can actually create balance in your life. So that's probably how people would talk about it, or I hope that people would talk about it. Yeah, I love the idea of the first Friday being company-wide. Because like you said, it's one thing when you have that open PTO and not really being sure, like, am I taking enough? You know, am I letting my team down? But by telling everyone, no internal meetings, none of this, it actually allows you that true freedom to break away and focus on those things that are outside of work, which are just as important to you, if not more so. I love that concept. So you're leading edge in the way that you approach work in the way that you trust your people. You treat them like adults. That's what (laughs) I'm gaining from this conversation. You've been a serial entrepreneur and you've actually started and co-founded other businesses outside of Opal. What is the lesson that you've learned over the series of businesses that you've had that you feel like makes you more solid in the human approach that you're taking today? It's a really good question. 
it comes down to trusting the people, trusting the people that you're surrounded by. I mean, you employ them and you've interviewed them and you know, you've know, you got to trust them. And I think that is the key thing that has come through. It's like they want to succeed as professionals. You want to succeed as a founder and a leader of the organization. And I think if you can find that balance, which we're aspiring to do, and we're never done in our quest for that, then I think it will come through because you create a fun, vibrant environment where people can work. And that's really hard post-pandemic in a virtual world. And I think the job is never done. But that has been the one thing that I've always brought through is like, trust the people, trust the people. If you're constantly over their shoulder or second guessing or not giving benefit of the doubt or not receiving the context, it's like, I don't believe as a leader, you're doing your job. I completely agree with that statement. So what would you say has been the highest moment going through the pandemic? No one knew. I call the pandemic the great equalizer in leadership because no one knew what was next. We didn't know if we were going to have vaccines within the next couple of months, let alone a couple of years. In those hard moments, what were some of the ways that your people inspired you and you felt like you were inspired by even your clients? It all culminated for me in June this year, where what we did is we had our first all-company get-together after the... In the history or post-pandemic? Post-pandemic, because, you know, pandemic happened, we closed our offices, we're finding our feet, we're evolving, we're adapting as every organization is. And then the restrictions were lifted so that we felt confident in putting on an all-company event and we flew everybody out to Portland, Oregon and we had everybody in this central location and the vibe and the energy and the fun that everybody had during that that event was it was a three-day event was just amazing and I think that is all the full energy hardship that goes on is worth it for those moments because I'm not sure about yourself but I feed off that energy you know, if the people are doing great work, uh, energized, we feel the momentum in our business and our professional lives, and we love doing it together, you know, the vibe is alive. And that's always been kind of like my litmus test. You know, it sounds corny, but it's like, is, is the vibe alive? Can you feel it? Is it there? It's an energy. And we certainly felt it in person when we were there all together. Because there's only so many things you can feel on Zoom and Slack. They're works. It's like, what is it like when you're actually physically, you know, together and in front of people? It's like, does it stick? Does it resonate? So that was the culmination of, I think, a lot of work that went in. And um, yeah, that's been a really kind of great moment. And the secondary thing I'd say is, you know, we're starting to you know, get the accolades now for the work and the path that has been paved, which is, you know, we maintain really high EMPS scores of above 70, you know, and that's with like you know, nearly 100% participation from our company. And for the second year in a row, we've, you know, been nominated for best place to work. So, you know, we're certainly starting to see the recognition of the hard work that has been put in post-pandemic for our cultural initiatives. Yeah, that's amazing. And I agree with you, you know, going from 2D to 3D, I like to reframe yeah. that, yeah. you know, we're meeting in real life. This is real life, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're experiencing sometimes even more than that. Because like you yeah. said, the dog jumping into your lap, hearing the baby cry, that is yeah. our real life. But being able to be in person in 3D, I think gives that opportunity to meet that person that you've worked yeah. with for 18 months and connect at a different level. Is that something that you're planning to do on a consistent basis, whether that be annually or at another cadence? 
yeah, we've obviously seen the kind of the benefit and the lift of it. So, and culture is something we, we're going to continue to push. And so, yeah, every year we call it camp. So we want to do camp Opal every single year. If you think about the purpose of it, it's about building connection. Those mm-hmm. connections will then help you, you know, in the next kind of six, 12 months, it's like build relationships, build connection. So yeah, it's something that we're continuing to do. Yeah, that's awesome. We have a very similar thing called Fringe Fest. We had our first one this year and people came in from all across the country into Richmond to the clubhouse to enjoy and again, participate, meet people in 3D. It was also a three day event. So there were several activities, but it was really more focused about bonding and building relationships than necessarily like, okay, now that we're all together, let's just do everything we usually do, but just in person. <laughs> no, and, and that's a really good point because I think that's something that we were considering going in. It's like, well, no, let's bombard them with like strategy and direction. It's like, mm-hmm. you can do that remote. And I think what you've got to do is really stand back and understand, all right, you've got this opportunity of you know, X amount of people together for three days. What do you want? And it is connection. It is bonding. It is that kind of shared experience that you want them to have. And I think... You've got to bring enjoyment to that because people are spending, you know, days away from their, their kids and their families. And I think that is the kind of direction that we went and is paying dividends because then to your point, you can do the strategy and do the direction and do the kind of more kind of, I think, you know, corporate work at another time. Yeah, it's not with saying like there are kind of, there are key moments where it's like, look, this is what we're doing. This is the path where, that we're going on. But Make connection the priority. Make connection the priority. I hope that's one of your values because that's what I'm hearing (laughs) come out in everything that you're saying. Yeah. So as you look into the future, as you said before, during the pandemic, you have to close offices. And we're seeing this play out in the news, especially on LinkedIn. Some Mm. companies, I won't name them because I think we all know who they are, like, you need to start coming back into the office. This was great when we were during the pandemic. You've proven that you can work from home, be productive and do all of that. But we still need that connectivity three days, four days, sometimes five days a week. Where do you see Opal in this hybrid remote first in office strategy? Yes, we've made the decision to go fully remote. So we had, you know, amazing offices in here in Portland, Oregon, and we decided to close them. Uh, And there's a couple of reasons behind that. One is... We had been operating remotely for around 18 months and we didn't see productivity drop. We actually saw it increase. We felt that the connection with our employees was better than ever. So we were able to perform and produce and execute. That was the first thing. The second thing is talent. We were able to, and we had by that time, actually created a team that was more disparate throughout the the United States. So we had a large kind of representation on the East Coast and southern united states as well and that was adding huge amounts of value to us because it was different perspectives obviously experience as well so we were certainly broadening our talent pool and we wanted to continue that so i think for us it's really kind of continuing in that direction we have no plans to you know really open and a central kind of headquarters anytime soon because what we want is and we know that we want equality for no matter where you are based. So what we've actually done is we've partnered with a organization called uh, Center. They're like WeWork. So what they do is they provide offices in every major city. Because mm-hmm. also what we appreciate is like while I have a room here that I can use, if you're in a one bedroom apartment in New York or wherever you might be, it might be really hard. It might be really hard. 
So what we have is if people want co-working facilities, we provide that. We provide that to anybody in the organization. If you want to use it five days a week, one day a week, half a day a month, it doesn't matter. That is open to you. Because again, it's like we try to find that balance and flexibility of what people need, you know, even in this decision as well. That's actually pretty helpful. So as we wind down, because I can't believe our chat is nearly over, (laughs) what is one thing that you feel sets your organization apart that you would advise people listening in to really lean into at their organizations? Something that I've really, I've learned, and it's been a personal, I think, professional lesson is really listening to your employees, your teammates. And I think there's the difference between, are you listening, but are you hearing? You know, there's mm-hmm. two for a very, it's like, yeah, I hear you. But then are you doing something about it? And I think there's, sometimes it gets lost in that little two separate ideas. And it really has been, that is what has kind of set us on this path is talking, listening, and truly hearing our employees to therefore make the micro changes that we do that add up to the macro changes in the culture that we have experienced. So it's, otherwise you're in a bubble and you're making decisions, but you've no idea how the person in the one bedroom apartment or other people are feeling and experiencing. And I think that comes down to truly understanding that flexibility is key. And that's what we were taught and that's what we heard. So that's what we acted on. So that's been the big kind of lesson in this. Don't don't do it from your kind of ivory tower. Mm -hmm. You've got to truly understand everybody in the organization and provide mechanics and permissions for them to do what is actually going to make them more balanced and better professionals and better humans. Because this is the impact that you have. You have the ability to influence your whole team. And then they have the ability to influence. If they're better, they're better mums, dads, husbands. They have the ability to then impact their you know families who then so it's like i take it really seriously the opportunity that you have to provide a balanced perspective for every single individual because i know the knock-on effect of that is extremely impactful that was very insightful and i couldn't agree with you anymore (laughs) if i tried so matt thank you so much for your time for your insights for your expertise If people want to learn more about Opal, either to become a client or just about the business and the employees there, how can they best research that? Um, They can go to workwithopal.com or email me directly at matt at workwithopal.com. Amazing. Well, again, thank you for your time and hopefully we'll get to chat again. Absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Bragworthy Culture Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review and subscribe to enjoy future episodes. This episode is brought to you by Fringe, the number one employee lifestyle and fringe benefits platform. With Fringe, you can empower employees with lifestyle benefits that can be personalized to reduce stress, give back time, and spark joy. Fringe, benefits for life. Contact us and find out more at fringe.us.